Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I'm so excited you guys are here and as always have an amazing guest today to um, introduce you to. So today we're going to be talking with Carissa Montooth. She is a love coach, certified sixth generation healer, author, and speaker. Carissa shows single women how to attract and date marriage-minded men without self-sabotage. She works her her helps her clients identify their blind spots in love, heal their subconscious blocks to love, and navigate the dating world with grace and confidence. Featured in Yahoo Finance TM as a top 10 love coach, Carissa holds advanced degrees in psychology and counseling and has written extensively about topics relating to relationships, dating, and love. So welcome to the podcast, Carissa. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm excited to be able to chat with you. Yeah, me too. So I will start off by having you tell us how you got to doing what you're doing today. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because when you grow up with something, you just kind of think that it's a normal thing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family of healers and I just thought of that as kind of a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And then kind of somewhere in my teen years, I was like, oh, this is not normal actually <laughs> it's like <laughs> not everyone's family are healers okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not everyone is maybe aware of energy or the way that we can do things that shift it or um the things that maybe show us that we need to heal mm-hmm. uh, or how to help other people through that journey mm-hmm. and as i got older i was kind of looking for ways to do that that i felt like were more quote unquote legit Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, <laughs> cause we were always sort of that family that was like, you came if you had a problem, mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't maybe come during the day. <laughs> I don't know how else to kind of describe that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like outskirts of town, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like from way back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let me see how can I help people? How, how can I help people in a way that seems easy to describe and, mm-hmm. you know, that people would accept as like, this is a, a legit way of helping people, right? Mm-hmm. So I got my psychology degree, I got my uh, master's degree in counseling, I did all of those kinds of things. And I was really fascinated by psychology of personality. So I was mm-hmm. like, what motivates people to do the things that they do? And part of that had to do with my background of coming from this family of healers, because I was, mm-hmm. I knew that certain people tend to have certain wounds mm-hmm. ba- and then how those wounds maybe um, are either exacerbated by their personality mm-hmm. or how those wounds maybe express, you know, with different personalities. So I was very interested in personality psychology. Mm-hmm. And that led me to teaching courses at the college level that had to do with how do you match your personality type with your career choices, right? Mm. I wrote a book about it called Job Hack. You know, I did all those things. And what I would find is that women were coming up to me at the end of classes and they were saying things like, okay, I think my personality type is this type. And I think my boyfriend's personality type is this type. So how do we talk about having a conversation like like about where we want our relationship to go? Like, Mm. do we both want the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And how do we even start to, to talk about that? 
And what I realized was what people want me to talk about, what women actually need from me, isn't what I'm doing here. Mm. I can't do that in this setting. Mm-hmm. So I would have so many uh, conversations where I was like, I know how to help you, but I can't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah. when I started doing as a counselor, I was working as a counselor still in the college district. And then I began to just kind of on the side of that, I would help certain people who had come to me for advice and help about their love life. And even that I was really sticking close to sort of the traditional kind of counseling of let's talk about mindset and let's talk about choices that you can make and different things like that. And then there was a a client that I had who had a really deep wound from a breakup. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was an energetic healing thing I could do with her that would be really helpful. So I kind of asked her to just step out on the limb with me. And I was like, there's something that I know that's going to be helpful here. And it might seem strange to you, but if it's okay with you, if I can have your consent to connect with your energy, we can do this healing thing together. And she was like, I'm game. Like this heartache is, you know, it's lingered for so long and it's Mm -hmm. so painful. Like I'm willing to, to do whatever you think might help. And we did that. And she felt like immediately lighter. And then the next time that we talked, which was about a week later, she was like, I don't know what you did last time, but we need to do that every single time. Like, why haven't we been doing that this whole time? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at that point, I began to really create um, a way of offering that to women and really um, figuring out exactly how to kind of explain what I did to women and also have uh, be able to describe the work that we were going to do together and who it was for Mm -hmm. and invite people to to work with me to do that and and kind of create like a structure and a framework around sharing those kinds of offerings so that um, I could reach the women that needed me. That's where I am. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm like listening to your story and I'm like, man, yep, that resonates quite a bit with me, right? Like, you know, it totally went like the spiritual side. And then I was like, okay, I'm doing like, you know, holistic coaching, but same thing. Can't really like need some of that credibility behind my name and, you know, did Mm -hmm. the counseling track and addiction counseling more specifically and then mental health. But um, I love that you kind of shared, like you noticed that what you were going into really wasn't what you were meant to be talking about. And I think that that's such a beautiful shift because a lot of us go through that transition where we're like, Ooh, I don't quite know if this is where I'm meant to be. And I'm feeling this calling, but we get nervous to kind of step out. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I love that you shifted your focus into more like the dating and kind of figuring out how to do that. Because I think nowadays so much and I will say this too, with like a, the caveat of, yes, I am married. So I am no longer in the dating game. However, and I haven't been for a while, but I hear from so many of my clients like, oh my God, dating nowadays is just awful with these apps. And then, you know, I hear about in my clients I've worked with, you know, cyber infidelity is a big thing that's becoming up with, you know, family and marriage co- counseling and things. So I think that it's such a new area And we still have some of the same things, like you said, that work of like understanding that personality and understanding like the energetic component and how you're sharing energy and all these different things. So I'm excited that you shifted and also kind of wondering like, where do people even start with navigating dating nowadays? And I know it's a loaded question, but I'll start with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's really a great question. And I think a lot of people think that, especially mm-hmm. if you are, let's say like in your, you know, maybe forties, like mid forties around mm-hmm. that area, people are just kind of like, do I have to go online? Because I really don't want to go online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like a huge thing. Right. And even older than that. And people are just like, I don't even know how I would navigate this whole, does it all have to be on an app or how do I even start with that? And I would say, I know that that's the for the, the question that's at the forefront of people's minds, right? That's mm-hmm. foremost in people's minds. But the thing about it is it's not even about that. It's really about getting into the right place in our energy for dating. Because what we want to remember is that like people were meeting and falling in love before computers ever existed. Right. Exactly. So yep. if we, if we don't want to be online, don't be online. It's like, mm. it, especially if you really dread the idea of doing it, please stay away from it because it's just going to exacerbate that feeling of, like it's going to, and people can, we can that. feel that in each other's mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can see it in a picture the same way you could feel it in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, Oh, this person doesn't want to be here mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and you don't have to be there. So mm-hmm. don't be there. Like make life easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what I found is that people will approach that. Like it's a full-time, you know, or a part-time job. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. so now my job is I got to put myself out there. So mm-hmm. I've got to create the perfect profile and then I've got to figure out which sites to be on. And then I've got to respond to every single message that I get. And then I have to, you know, it's this, it becomes this whole other thing. And really it's not about that, especially it's not about that for women. It's mm-hmm. about being able to heal from wounds that we have from the past. It's about being able to release the the connections we have in energy mm-hmm. to people who might have hurt us or mm-hmm. people that we are grieving. Um, and that can sometimes include our parents. If we have a relationship with our parents that complicated our view of love or mm. didn't give us a healthy view of love because there are number one and number two that teach us what love is. Right. So it's healing those things and having a really clear picture of what happy, healthy love looks like for you. Because a lot of us know what we don't want, mm-hmm. but we don't have a really clear picture of what we do want. Oh yeah, and so that's like we're like, well, I don't, I want, I don't want someone who's ever going to be like that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? We really have that clear thing of like, never again for mm-hmm. that. Well, hard pass on that. But we don't have a clear picture of what we do want, and sometimes mm-hmm. we think like we don't have that. Sorry, there was like a little feather that drifted up there. <laughs> Love it. It's okay. <laughs> I just ripped all of the sheet the sheets off of my bed and threw them in the wash right before I came in. And like this little feather just, just kind of okay. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Live podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we don't a lot of times have a really clear re- picture in our minds of what we do want. And sometimes it's because our wounds make us think that what we want in our heart of hearts isn't possible that we're being unrealistic for wanting that. Ooh, yeah. So we we have this feeling that's like, well, I can't have that because all men do this or all women do that. Mm-hmm. So it's not possible for me to have that. And I should lower my expectations so I won't be disappointed again. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a lot of healing has to take place before we can really actually admit to ourselves what we want in our heart of hearts and have mm-hmm. the courage to open up to the possibility that that even exists. Yeah. So there's that work. And then there's the work of self-love, which is very deep work mm-hmm. that is kind of ongoing throughout our lives. But there is a power in it to attract healthy love to us because when we actually 
practice self-love, we're mm-hmm. opening ourselves up to receive more. But when we don't, we're sending a really specific message out in energy that yeah. says, I don't believe I'm worthy even of my own love. So don't bother to send any my way, you know, mm. and we don't often think about, you know, we think, well, it's a bonus thing. It's like an optional thing. If I can get to it, I'll get to it. But it's actually really fundamental in terms of dating. And if those three things are happening, if the healing is happening, if the clarity about what we want is happening, and if the self-love is happening, then you do not have to go online because the three main ways that I've seen my clients after you know working with hundreds of clients, you know, and almost 90% of my clients are in happy, healthy relationships within about six months of us working together. Mm. So it's like, I've seen this over and over again. The three ways people come into our lives when we're in that state mm-hmm. is it's not even, it has nothing to do with being online. It's like the first way is that it's someone from our past and they show up in a new way now. So maybe mm-hmm. it was like you were both married at that time that you first knew each other, your kids were in school together or something like that. And now you're not, mm-hmm. you know, or just like someone from high school, you had no idea that they were even interested in you. And then maybe you run into each other or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's one way. The second way is that people in your present that you're not even used to thinking of that way, someone will show up in a new way or you'll be able to see them in a new way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe before you liked bad boys, but now that you're healed, <laughs> you feel the little, some of that stuff. <laughs> Love it. Healthy, healthy guys and yep. zero drama mm-hmm. actually feel instead of boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then the third way is that um, you have someone in common right now that you didn't realize you had, you won't realize you have in common until they connect the two of you. So like Mm -hmm. an example of that is I had a client once whose aunt was at the drag cleaners and there was a man uh, standing in front of her in line who's younger, you know, a young man. And she was, he was so just like gentlemanly and just like, you know, it was like, oh, please stand in front of, you know, take my spot, you know, and, and just had this, like, he, he was the kind of guy that it was impressive to aunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, like good manners, mm-hmm. well-groomed, <laughs> you know, all, these- <laughs> all the important boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like he has a good job, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he she gave she was like you're such a nice young man I'm gonna give you my my niece's phone number my niece is single you know mm-hmm. here's a picture of her and I'm showing him a picture I'm gonna give you her phone number I want you to call her mm. and he did wow and two years later they got married oh my gosh I love it <laughs> so it's like those kind of things happen all the time mm-hmm. but we really it's it's really you know, not about being online at all. It's getting our energy to the right place. Because mm-hmm. I always say you, you don't make love happen. You make love welcome. Yeah. Oh, I, so I have to say a couple things as I'm sitting here, normally when I'm doing a podcast, like, you know, my brain is kind of like, where are these kind of like chunks of gold that I can like, you know, put in a quote or, you know, put in the episode notes or whatever. And man, I'm like, Oh, chunk of gold, chunk of gold, chunk of gold. Like, I'm like, <laughs> man, she is just nailing this. So I love all the things that you're saying. And I think you know, obviously as humans, like we relate these things to our own lives. And, and I could not agree with everything you've said more. Um, I haven't shared a whole lot about like my story with my husband, but I'll share kind of, cause it resonates a lot with what you said. Um, I was in a really abusive relationship and I tried to end my own life and I dropped out of school, like 
went into an IOP program, got really like, just decided I was going to take a year off. And that year off, I took a year off dating. I took a year off school and I focused on me and I built self-love and I built myself back up and figured out what did I want? And I got clear on what I wanted. And I remember it because it was so goofy. I remember standing on my bed and I had a bulletin board on the back of my bed and I wrote down exactly what I wanted my husband to be like. I wrote down all the qualities and it was so goofy. And like, I remember like, it was just weird that I had done that, but it was like, no, this is what I want. And I got really clear. And I decided after that year, I was like, I'm kind of ready. And Tinder had just come out. So I did go online, but it was very different than I've heard Tinder is now. So I'll just preface that too. <laughs> I'm sure uh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, first guy I matched with was my current husband. But the weirdest part was we went to the same high school. I knew all of his friends and his friends were some bad boys, but he wasn't. And I didn't know him. And I literally tell him all the time, I don't even believe he went to the same high school. I didn't believe it until he showed me a picture of himself in the yearbook because he was always working and he was playing sports. So he was really had his stuff together. Obviously, like you said, I was not, I was in a different crew or different kind of group. Um, and when I went to that place of working on that self-love, getting clear on what I wanted and healing from my trauma of what had happened in the past, I, you're right. I was attracted to that guy. He was different than anyone I had ever dated. Like, and even our dating, it's like, I didn't even, I don't even understand how we got married. I have told like close friends, like our first date, we didn't even speak. I choked on my food and got sick at the table. Like I had to jump up and run to the bathroom <laughs> and like just the most, even like our first five dates were like a total disaster. But like you said, our, our energy got right. And I started like loving myself. So I attracted a person that loves himself and I could also accept that love. So I think that, you know, what you're hitting on is so incredibly powerful of your right. It has nothing to do with the way that you're meeting people or because even like if we go more to like the logistics side, he was back in like our hometown and my parameters for like who I was dating was in like a place two hours away because that was where I was. So we technically shouldn't have matched. But again, like you're saying, it's like that idea of like the energy piece and working on your self-love so that other people can say, I am valuable. I am worthy. So I'm going to, I'm open to that self-worth. And now it's been, gosh, we just passed our seven year, which seems crazy to me. So, um, I just wanted to highlight that. Like, you know, as I say, like you put it to your own journey, but it's so powerful, such powerful stuff. I love that. I love your story because, and what I see in my mind is I'm like, if she had gone home at that time that she was ready, like you went on Tinder, which is cool. But if you had gone home, you would have just run into him at a grocery yep. store or something yep. like that. Like you would have exactly. come across each other's path yeah. anyway. And you would have actually seen him this time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like you would have been, you would have been, my grandma used to call it. Um, she said she would talk about whether or not something was within someone's scope. Mm, you know yeah <laughs> she yeah. would talk about that and you would have been that's where you two would have been so like mm -hmm. I love that that gives me goosebumps <laughs> yeah I and I think it's I think like you're saying kind of in the scope that's such an important piece too because I think when we're going back to that idea of like the self-love if we don't love ourselves or if we don't think that we're worthy and we're putting that out to the world. Like you said, we do engage in those behaviors of self-sabotage. We do not feel comfortable even. Yeah. And even like dating, we don't feel comfortable because we can't show up as ourselves because we feel like we're not worthy of showing up in ourselves. So yeah, it's really. And when, exactly. And then when someone is being loving towards us or even interested in us, 
we're just like, this does not feel like, what is the catch? We kind of feel like, what is the thing that's going on? And it's because it feels so unfamiliar to us. Yep. Our desire to like, to have things feel familiar is sometimes even greater than our desire to like discover love because mm-hmm. it's like, that feels new. It feels good, but it doesn't feel familiar at all. Mm-hmm. And it can, if we come from a background where we have been abused or we've experienced trauma, mm-hmm. something new actually, you know, y- you know this from your work, I'm sure it's like, it triggers your whole um, nervous system yeah. in se- in a way where it's not really possible for you to calm down mm-hmm. and relate as yourself you know, because you you kind of go into fight or flight because it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, what's going on here? It literally feels like a threat to your well-being. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And it's like, because it's something new, it's Mm -hmm. not even, it's not even a thing of of like that they maybe are not a safe person for you. It's a thing of, if we've been in a a, uh, situation where we've experienced trauma or we've experienced abuse, everything about us becomes tuned into making sure that we uh, that we know how to respond to a threat like that, that it's like, we're always kind of scanning to make Mm -hmm. sure. And we become so good at reading people Mm -hmm. and we become so good at like, um, kind of smoothing a situation before it becomes anything that might be negative or Mm -hmm. kind of how we can withdraw ourselves from that situation. We become really focused on not connecting and only connecting in kind of a superficial way mm-hmm. so that we can read the situation and make sure we're safe. Mm-hmm. And even if we are safe, we don't feel like we're safe because we're yeah. kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Especially if the abuse or the trauma has been connected to love. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was, and you know, I, I, think that's a really good point too, because you don't have to have it all figured out before you enter into a relationship. So you don't have to be like, I love myself and I've reached it. Right. 100%, you never do. Yeah. yeah. You, we never exactly. get there. Yeah. I have no more healing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think with that piece, it's, you know, you do, I, you do notice these things and it's okay. But when you have somebody that can reinforce that that's not the case and you can start working again, because you've done some of this healing. So you have some of these skills that teach you to like, you know, check your facts or, you know, use your coping skills, all these different things that you can kind of say, oh, wait, okay. I, that's not where I'm at anymore. And I think I remember doing that. I remember like, especially like cheating. That's a really big one, right? Like in my past, I'd been cheated on. So it was always, when is he going to cheat on me? Right. Or like that kind of that pattern. So even these pieces you have to work through and start saying, Ooh, that's a self-sabotaging behavior because that's not my reality anymore. And that's not the space energetically that I'm showing up either. Um, which is a really big transition that kind of like you're highlighting. Exactly. That's huge. And it's kind of like, you start doing that healing work and then you're actually able to trust your judgment again. Mm-hmm. You know, Oof, because, yeah. because before you do the healing work, it's like you're going to be in a situation with someone where what feels like chemistry to you is really that you have similar wounds and mm-hmm. you sense that on a subconscious level and that feels familiar to you. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you're like, oh, I can fix that. I understand that. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, really valuable too, because I, I work with a lot of clients in more of the addiction capacity, right? So we talk a lot about relationships, but more in sobriety. 
And that's one of the biggest things we talk about too, is a lot of people have this misconception that when they get um, sober from a substance or they stop using a substance and they fully detoxed, that it's like sobriety is amazing and it's perfect and it's awesome. Like it's the end all be all. And it's the same thing. We talk about this idea that it's the unknown. So it's okay to be uncomfortable in that space. It doesn't mean that it's bad or that it's a threat or right. That it's that kind of safety and same thing. Like with, you know, addiction is also a lifestyle. So there's a lot of different pieces that go into that same idea with dating. You've lived in that lifestyle of this is how love operates. This is Mm -hmm. how I know how to deal with it. And this is exactly like fighting styles, all these different interactions. So um, that's, you know, just a really interesting piece too, of kind of when I'm looking at the clients I work with, that's kind of a way that it connects for me in that piece of like, just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean like you said that it's a threat it's you reacting because that's what you used to know yeah and then sometimes it can actually become a little bit more complicated because what if what you're addicted to are the highs of new love mm-hmm. oh yeah right yeah <laughs> so then it's like the feeling of actually being you know we, we call, sometimes you call that new relationship energy right mm-hmm. or like the beginning of dating and your limbic system is just like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's great, right? And time stops and it's just like you and this other person in the world. And they're the only people in the world. And then as a relationship kind of continues and you're not in that place anymore, you're in the place of like, we know each other better. And we're just like kind of on an even keel and stuff like that. That can be where the self-sabotage stuff starts if we mm-hmm. haven't healed what was happening before. Mm-hmm. Because we're thinking, well, this, it's like you said, that the idea of like, well, I haven't been here before. And it feels a little bit uncomfortable. So am I going to sabotage this? Or do I kind of use my coping skills and use my checking in with reality skills and go like, is something actually wrong here? You Mm -hmm. know, or is this just me bringing an old pattern into a new situation? Because it's the first time I've dealt with it before. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm currently working with a client right now, actually, that it's kind of that sex love addiction piece. And we're talking about, you know, that exact thing of like, you know, your endorphins go crazy. Your limbic system is really activated, like you said, because of those new, like the honeymoon period and Mm -hmm. that it's okay to adjust. And and we're working on that. So I I think that, um, that is a really valuable piece too, to, to point out, but I want to ask you too, one of these other questions of this idea for soulmates, because I think sometimes this can be a self-defeating pattern um, for people of thinking that there's one person out there for them and that is it. So I'm curious what your thoughts are about soulmates. Well, the thing about soulmates is that my, um, like the healing legacy in my family and what we believe is that there is no, like a soulmate is someone who strictly speaking you came here so that you could learn something together. Hmm. It doesn't necessarily even mean that that's a romantic connection. It could mean that there's a life lesson that you were like, you know what, when I get back down there to earth school, this is what I want to do. I want to learn this thing. Right. So you agree that you come here and you're going to learn something together. Mm -hmm. What we think of in the romantic way is something that I've always uh, thought of as your, um, and, and something that, that um i wish i could remember her name um she's the founder of uh theta healing and i wish i could remember viana stiebel okay something that viana stiebel calls uh your divine life partner soulmate that's what we Mm -hmm. think of when we think about you know the thing about it though is that you you have multiple soulmates that are out there for you there are billions of people in the world and we've never been more connected and able to connect rather than we have 
than we are now. Like mm-hmm. at no previous point in history, you know, you can meet someone and actually, even if they, they like, you can be from other countries and meet together in the same place. And you can actually, you can travel the world together. I mean, like it's, it's incredible what we can actually do mm-hmm. now in terms of being, staying connected with people and, and even meeting people in the first place. But what happens is that we tend to attract whoever matches our energy. So wherever we are in our development, you're going to match the person. You're going to attract the soulmate who matches your energy at that point. Mm. And if you continue growing and that person doesn't continue growing, there's going to be a separation between Mm -hmm. the two of you. And a lot of times what I have found is that women who are really devoted to their personal growth, when they look back at that relationship, it's such a hard thing for them to reconcile because they're like, but that felt like a deep soulmate connection. So why didn't it last? Mm. And that's really the reason it's that they matched your vibration at that point. But if you continue to grow and to change and learn and be open to life, and they are not doing that in the same way, you're going to diverge. You're not going to, you know, end up staying together. But that doesn't mean that that's like a lifetime pattern of like, you'll always grow past the person. You'll always be in there. You'll always decide. Because <laughs> everyone's right. kind of like, when do I get to, you know, unpack? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when do I get to settle in? And it's really like, you, you will know that the relationship is your divine life partner when there's a sense of recognition when you meet each other. And there is a feeling of, um, you're they are devoted to helping you use your gifts in the world Mm. and you are devoted to helping them use their gifts in the world Mm. there's less of a sense of like possessiveness Mm -hmm. there's less of a sense of insecurity Mm -hmm. you know it's more of a thing of uh it just feels calmer if it feels more stable Mm-hmm. And it, they keep showing you, it's almost like they finish your sentences. You know, it's like you, you finish each other's sentences and you kind of, you know, you have a deep sense of uh, that you understand each other's hearts, you know, mm-hmm. and the eerie thing about it is it really does feel like you've known each other before. You can, there is such a sense of recognition uh, that you're just like, wow. I mean, and you both feel that it's not like you just feel it and you're like, wow, you know, I really feel, I mean, that can be obsession, right? But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and how do you know, right? The difference between those two. Yeah. Well, if, it, if it's Keanu Reeves that you feel like a deep soul connection with. <laughs> it's obsession. It's obsession. It yeah. Probably is obsession. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if it is that really personal relationship. Yeah, someone you actually know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, you've actually had time to know each other. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's really helpful to see because it is very different. It is very different when you go from a place of like, you know, we're talking about healing all these wounds. And I think especially for women, like, I brought up like that cyber infidelity or cheating. And and I bring that one up because unfortunately it is really common and it's become more common with the use of technology and increase of, you know, technology or access to, you know, porn or other people or whatever it is in that relationship. And so I think 
knowing that you're doing the healing and then being able to see how those pieces are very different, like jealousy, for example, like a lot of people, if they've been cheated on, then they get that jealousy about the other, um, you know, sex or gender that that person is engaging with. And when you're in that space of divine soulmate, like you said, it's very different because those patterns don't necessarily play out. And some of it is that self-healing, like you said, but some of it's also because there's just that different level of comfortability. Right. And I think, you know, even like, it's really easy for us to talk about in the general, but like, in my sense, that was very much it, right? It really was the jealousy piece. And with my husband, that originally was there. But then as we started to kind of get to know each other more, like you said, it was, now I don't really even care, right? Like there's no, and it's not just because you get more like comfortable or you don't care as much. It's you care more deeply about that person, but it is that connection that's very different of like, I'm so much more focused on like his goals and my goals and how we support each other in that space and how we are growing our family and these different pieces. So it almost is like some of that is self-healing and some of that is that connection and and soulmate piece that you kind of touched on. Yeah. Well, and it's that that's a completely different person than the person who did all those other things to us, which is the thing that always takes our mind a a lot longer to key into Mm -hmm. or our heart a a lot longer to key into, even though it's the thing that should be the most obvious to us, right? right? Like, obviously you're not the person (laughs) before, but because they feel like it, it's it's like, as soon as we associate this person in front of us with love, Mm -hmm. everything else that was about love comes into this. You know, which is why all those things need to heal. But when you're in that relationship, it's like the you are creating a history together that's different. Like they've shown you over and over again that they can be trusted, that they can be depended on. They they care about reassuring you. If you felt if you were being vulnerable and honest with them, they would reassure you. They would mm-hmm. honor that. You know, and it's that you um you just you know each other now. It's like you you are willing to be seen by each other. You know, mm. you're, you're willing to be seen. Both of you are. Yeah. You know. What a beautiful way to put it. Willing to be seen. Yeah. I love that. So as we're getting kind of tight on time, I want to ask what is one baby step that um, our listeners can take to really start the journey of like figuring out what to do with dating? So I would say one of the biggest things that people can do is if you hate being online and you're online right now, get off, please Mm. get, don't get on, don't put that pressure on yourself, release yourself from that pressure. Mm. And you can actually tell yourself, you know, what I was just saying that people have been meeting and finding their person since way before computers ever existed, you know, getting offline does not mean that, you know, um, anything bad is going to happen. There are plenty, there are millions of ways that my person can come into my life still. Mm. Um, That's one of the big things. Another thing is that we can do really basic self-love things. Like we can look in the mirror. One of the things that I have people do is to look in the mirror with their hand on their heart and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Mm. As you're looking into your eyes, you know, that's a really big thing for us to do because what we're saying thank you for is. Thank you for being so amazing. Thank you for moving forward into your future with courage. Mm. Thank you for staying open to love. 
you know, all of those kinds of things. Thank you for showing up for yourself. We're saying that to us. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And what will happen when we first do that is we'll be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the weirdest, most awkward thing that I have ever done. And if we're doing it in the bathroom, we'll just walk out. (laughs) (laughs) But if you sit, if you sit, like if you have a mirror that's on the back of a door and you sit cross-legged, looking into the mirror and actually you do that for yourself, you will find things will come up for you. And it's important to notice what are the thoughts that are coming up. Mm. You know, if you just start crying, if the idea of saying, I love you to yourself makes you feel like crying, then you want to get curious. Why does that make me feel like crying? Is it, does it make me feel sad? Because no one, when I was growing up would tell me that they loved me or that I was lovable. Does it make me feel scared? Because what if I learn how to love myself and nothing changes? Mm. You know, what's coming up for me? What's the thought that's coming up for me? And then that can show you what is there to be healed. Mm. So that's the beginning because we want to know everything that's in there. It's it's manifesting and attracting everything into our lives anyway. So we may as well know what it is so we can deal with it, you know, instead of kind of pushing it down. Yeah. I love this approach because it really is that idea of, again, like, which is so true, the internal creates our external. So we have to love ourselves so that others can love us and that we can accept the love and also give the love because we can't give what we don't have. So I think that that's awesome. Well, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time having a conversation with you and thank you to our listeners um, for hanging out. I know your time is valuable, just like Carissa's. And I appreciate you guys spending it here on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I am going to put all of Carissa's information in the episode's notes so that you can get to her for sure and look up those books. I'm excited to see. Um, And thank you guys so much. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at the Abundance alchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing until next time sending you so much love